the Royal Australian Air Force in person, 1921 to 2021. Ad Astra Aviator. This is a series of podcasts recounting the personal stories of veterans and their families. The narrator is Gareth McRae, OAM. The history of Australians attached to the RAF Bomber Command is much more than aircraft and operations. That's why on June the 1st, we call it Bomber Command Commemoration Day. And we take time to consider how we've treated the young men ordered to undertake one of the most controversial and dangerous campaigns of World War II. How their legacy continues and should be given the same reverence that was awarded those who served and sacrificed in land warfare. RAAF personnel were notable in the RAF Bomber Command, although they only represented 2% of all RAAF personnel during the war, they accounted for 23% of the total number killed in action. This is further illustrated by the fact that number 460 Squadron RAAF, mostly flying Lancasters, had an official establishment of about 200 aircrew and yet had 1,018 combat deaths. The squadron was therefore effectively wiped out five times over. Bomber Command began its major bombing offensive against German targets during the Second World War. Over one-third of Australian personnel who served with Bomber Command, some 3,486 aviators, were killed in action. Well, in this history of the RAAF today, I have the very great pleasure of talking to a pilot who flew with Bomber Command during World War II, Dr. Ronald Horton, DFC, Legion of Honour. Let me take you back to just before World War Two, What made you choose the Air Force over the Army and the Navy? Well, as early as a very young fellow, I was uh, working with uh, some other people making small aeroplanes and things like that. So I decided rather than just help uh, putting them together and what have you, while I was only... A, about 12 or 13 or something, I started flying. World War II starts, then in 1942, you actually enlisted in the RAAF. The Halifax bombers, were they your first real experience with with Bomber Command? No, I think the early Halifaxes, they were not terribly good. Yeah, they, they were very rough. Was one of the flights that you did flying petrol cans to Belgium? Yes. Tell me about that. How did that come about? Oh, they asked us, would we take the fuel over there? So that's what we did. It was about 30, 30 cans. It was just after Brussels had been liberated and the airfield, which was just on the outside of um, Brussels, mm. and that's where we uh, used to drop them off and then go back to Britain. Some of us went over and back, over and back. What I found uh, with the crew, why why don't we go and have a look around? Brussels. (laughs) Brussels. (laughs) You didn't get into any mischief, did you, Ron? The crew said to me, what's the problem? Oh, I said, that number one out there is 
coughing and going, we can't fly that back home, so we'll have to stay here. All right, let's. you're back in England. You've done all this work with Bomber Command, and you were posted to, was it Fighter Command next, when you were flying Spitfires and Hurricanes? Yeah, that was uh, in Yorkshire, and just to let them know how the Germans were... A, a, approaching and what have you and I was doing that uh, so you were training other pilots yes I've got to ask when we talk about the Battle of Britain today and what was involved we don't really give enough credit to people like you Australian pilots who were there what was the relationship like between you an Australian and your British friends who were also in the RAF well, with the the crew that I had, there there was a, a mix there of uh, Australians and uh, uh, had a Scottish fella for a while. Then there was a Canadian came along, and so I had a, a bit of each. I thought we we worked very well. And one of the other things was the engineer on the ground that looked after our aeroplane. I can't think of anyone else who could have done it. Every time we went off, I knew how well that aeroplane was looked after. I was very always pleased to the, the ground engineer. One of the things that the fighter pilots used to have to focus on were the submarines and the wolf packs. And when they went into their area where they were based... It was covered in concrete and planes couldn't bomb the concrete because it would have no effect. How did you dent the submarine's crew? How did you attack the crew to make an impact on submarine warfare? Well, it was only twice that we attacked them. We uh, dropped the bombs and they went on to the uh, concrete. I looking out... Uh, uh, as the other aircraft uh, let their bombs go and that was just bouncing off and so I suggested there were a lot of buildings back behind there and I said try and find out if that's where the crews when they come off that's where they all uh, live at the moment I said why don't we attack that so next time that's what we did you had a very special you have a very special relationship with Victory and Europe Day, VE Day, in May. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you celebrate your 21st birthday on VE Day? Yes, that, that's what happened. So there are two great things about VE Day. We won and you were 21. <laughs> yes. How important, Ron, is it that the DFC is awarded to pilots because you received one? How important was that to you when you received it in 1945, I think? Very ha I'm very pleased. The Air Force itself, how important is that to you, even today, Ron, the Air Force, the Royal Australian Air Force? Very much so. I think they're a part of our, our world. And they're looking after this country. Over the years, I often go over it when they have get-togethers and things like that. Make a bit of noise. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look, 2021 is the centenary 
100 years since the Royal Australian Air Force came into existence. Uh, you've been part of that for most of that 100 years. And when World War II ended, you didn't give up flying. You decided to continue your flying. You've flown foreign aircraft, you've flown domestic aircraft, you've flown all sorts of aircraft. How did you get into Qantas? What was that link? Well, when I came back after the, the war was finished, I said I'd, I'd like to go to uh, Qantas, so they put me on to a flying boat. You joined Qantas in 1946, and I think you went through to the 80s, around about 1982, flying with Qantas. So what did you fly when you were flying with Qantas? Some of it was to uh, Japan. I used to go to Darwin, to uh, the Philippines, to J Japan, and, uh, and there were RAAF in Japan then, you see. So uh, I'd stay there for a couple of days and then turn around and come back again. You were in the RAAF up until the end of the war. You've gone into commercial f flying with Qantas and foreign pilot, you must have been as a pilot, very used to discipline, very used to following everything to the letter. What was it like changing from RAAF to domestic flight? Was there a, a, a lessening of discipline? Was it just as good? You tell me. Uh, I, I think uh, with Qantas it was quite good. They were very keen to make sure that we were up to a certain standard. Ron, it seems that there have been four very important periods in your life. From a 12, the age of 12, you started flying light aircraft. You joined the RAAF and fought in England during World War II and fought with great distinction. You came back from war and you joined domestic and overseas flight with Qantas and two foreign airlines. And then fourthly and finally, you decided after you left those sorts of flying, you didn't want to give up flying, you wanted to keep flying, you went to the United States and in Mustang P-51s and other aircraft, you were flying. Why the United States and why did you keep the flying up? Oh, I think I was more interested in flying the big aeroplanes at that stage. There was money involved in it as well. The big aeroplanes, a lot of them were owned by this company in Ireland and uh, after I saw all the problems with Air Lanka I came back to uh, Sydney. My dear wife uh, put enough pressure on me to, <laughs> to come home and uh, even there that was very touchy. Her wife said look I'm going back to Sydney I'll go through to Singapore then and I said look I'll come over with you so I said there's the aeroplane, where's your bag? And just at that very moment, the aeroplane exploded right in front of us. Um, about half the people that were on board were, were killed. Ron, I do want to ask you one more question before we finish, but let me say quite honestly and from the heart, you really are a truly wonderful Australian. You've been part of a most remarkable service to Australia as a whole, and that, of course, is the Royal Australian Air Force. You've served well. Uh, I 
want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for what you've done for this great country. And you are, as an ambassador for the RAAF, one of the great men. So, sir, thank you and thank you for the time to, to do this today. But let me ask you one last question. When you were naughty, and I think you still have the cap, you were the Joe of Joe's Flying Service. Am I correct? Yes. Tell me about Joe's Flying Service, because you got up to some naughty stuff. I don't know what it was. It was Joe's Flying Circus, we called it. <laughs> when the, uh, it was on the squadron, when the CO heard about it, he was furious. He came in his car he came and said, get that off there. <laughs> Joe's Flying Circus, Joe's Flying Service, RAAF extraordinaire. Ron, congratulations on what you've done. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Globally, the RAAF has between 500 and 700 people on operations every day, contributing to coalition operations, peacekeeping and humanitarian and disaster relief. The RAAF takes pride in its service. It has a history of endeavour and sacrifice, which is one in a place in the hearts of all Australians and a position of respect among the armed services of all Australia's allies. The RAAF will never tarnish its record. It carries on in the proud tradition of Per Adua and Astra. This is a series of podcasts recounting the personal stories of veterans and their families. Produced by Air Force Association New South Wales, which is a registered charity that focuses on the well-being of Air Force veterans and their families. If you would like to donate funds to help us with this important work, you can search Air Force Association New South Wales in Google and go to our website.